Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Dawn Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And this week we are talking about, well, we're switching topics, you guys. So last week we told y'all that we would be talking about historical fiction and romances. Um, But this week has been kind of blowing up for everybody, I think. Everybody I talked to last week, it was just hard. I don't know what planet was out of alignment or whatever, but it was just a hard, hard week. Yeah. So we didn't get what we wanted to get read um, in time for the podcast. So we are going to switch topics for you guys. Um, Plus I've been in a reading slump. I did try a few historicals and usually historicals really work for me, particularly romances. And I kept putting them down. So I don't know if it was me or the books, but I'm in a bit of a reading slump, only able to read nonfiction this past um, week or two. Um, And I'm going to blame my dog too. He ate my homework because (laughs) he eats everything, my puppy. And last week he had to be x-rayed twice um, for that, had to stay overnight, had to have a barium treatment to see if things were moving through. It was just, it was a week. (laughs) So yeah, puppy. Yeah. He's okay. No surgery. Everything is fine. And um, y'all might hear him in the background because he's because of the time change, he is not sleeping or napping during the normal time. Um, so I have broken down and given him a bully stick, which I was horrified to find out is actually a bull penis dried. So if no one, if you didn't know that, if you're giving your dog that now, you know, if Ronnie and I are just not mature enough to have this information. I'm telling you right now, you do not give people who work in the romance genre the opportunity to have discussions about a bull penis. That is just not something we can handle. We're going to try to keep our clean rating, but there were lots of jokes made before the recording started. Just saying. So he is happily doing his thing with the bull penis. <laughs> and we will just <laughs> leave it on that. and leave it at that. Um, but instead of doing historicals this week, we are doing kind of a throwback. So when we started the podcast, we used to do each month a read, watch, listen episode. Um, And we loved doing those, but we were finding that each month, sometimes we didn't have enough content because the month was particularly busy or we were watching the same shows as the previous month or things like that. So, but it's been a while. And so we have a big list for you guys this time um, to talk about what we've been reading, watching and listening to. So we hope that we have some good recommendations for you. Um, But we'll start with our reading picks. So Like I said, I have only been reading nonfiction. Um, Sometimes when I'm overly stressed, um, I can't concentrate on fiction and nonfiction tends to be a little bit easier for me. Plus it gives me a little bit of a boost to do stuff. So um, my first one is one of those. It's called Minimalista, Your Step-by-Step Guide to a Better Wardrobe, Home, and Life by Shira Gill. And I actually, um, I got this on an Amazon sale when they do those buy two, get one free. So I get, I tend to get expensive hardbacks for those because I want to get as much for my money as I can. So this is kind of like a coffee table book. It looks really pretty out. Um, And 
I had no interest in the better wardrobe part because my better wardrobe is yoga pants and t-shirts. <laughs> so that's about as far as my wardrobing goes and, and jeans. Um, but I really did like the organizational stuff. Um, if you've never read anything on minimalism, it gives you kind of a basic um, starter for that. I've read lots and lots and lots. So a lot of it was um, kind of retreading information for me. But I find that when I read um, books about organizing, even if it's information I've read before, it gives me like that boost that I need to go clean out things. <laughs> so I like reading them to do that. So after I read this book, I've cleaned out three closets and Goodwill has gotten lots of stuff from me and the library has gotten lots of book donations from me. So, and if you just look at it for the pictures too, it'll give you um, organizing ideas and decoration ideas if you like that kind of minimalist style. So that was Minimalista by Shira Gill. I love the before and after pictures. It doesn't inspire me quite the way it inspires you, but I do love looking at, oh, look, oh, look, turn the page, not, oh, look, I'm going to get up and go do this now. I didn't, oh, look, more pretty pictures. She says that as she sits in front of a meticulously organized bookshelf. So <laughs> don't let her fool you. She can organize. <laughs> yes, I can't organize, but that, I think it is inspired by, the nonfiction books as you do. I get inspired by, um, generally I need to move. And so if I get stressed or upset, I have to start moving and that's when things start getting organized. I'm the same way. I think that's why that happened last week. It was such a stressful week. So I was like, I can't sit down and work. I can't read. I'm just, I'm just going to take everything out of the closet and go through everything. <laughs> so, yes. um, and then my other nonfiction one that I was reading is, and I'm still reading this one, so I'm not fully through, but this is um, a library read and it's called Midnight Chicken and Other Recipes Worth Living For by Ella Risbridger. So first I want to give a trigger warning for suicidal ideation, um, which is strange to give for a cookbook because this is a cookbook, um, but it's a essay filled cookbook. So she has a lot of extra content in there and it's about a really hard time she was going through in her life and basically how she kind of got herself out of that um, with all kinds of help, but also getting back into the kitchen and cooking and how food can be a comfort and kind of, you know, get you back to yourself and midnight chicken was cooking chicken at midnight. Now I will warn you, this is a British cookbook. So the measurements are in um, British measurements. What is that called? <laughs> Non-metric. Uh, sorry guys, math, you know, um, so I'm not actually reading it for the recipes, which I know Dawn is going to think I'm ridiculous <laughs> that I'm reading a cookbook that I'm not reading for the recipes, but the essays are really good. And like, I love books about the comfort of food. So this one has been really good so far. I'm about halfway through since I'm not going to cook for it from it. I'm okay that I got it from the library. I didn't have to spend any money on it. So I'm just enjoying the parts that I like and not the parts that I don't need. And I can move on. So that's midnight chicken and other recipes. Well, and I want to know what goes into midnight chicken. Like, does it have to be cooked at midnight? <laughs> Do you go and like harvest some kind of herb at midnight? I think it's when you're, you know, crying on your floor and you can't sleep and you need some comfort and you can just roast a chicken. <laughs> so. Yes, you do. And eat it with your fingers. So, and see, Ronnie does know if she was to ever get a message from me at midnight saying I'm roasting a chicken, <laughs> that that would be like, I need to go check on her right, right. now. I need Something. to drive over immediately. <laughs> yes. Something has gone very wrong. Yeah. So, Dawn, what have you been reading? Well, my reading goes with yours. So, tell us about the fiction book you were reading, and then I'll tell you about mine. Okay. So the one fiction, now, once again, I'm halfway through this. So um, 
It is Mischief Night by Delaney Foster. Dawn had recommended it on the podcast um, previously. And so I decided to pick it up because I do like dark romance. Um, and this one is totally giving me like Gossip Girl vibes. So those of you who watch Gossip Girl, it's got that like feel of rich people behaving badly and, you know, secret societies and all of this, but with lots and lots of, you know, erotic content. So if you want a Gossip Girl to be a little bit more R-rated, um, this seems to be a good option. So I'm about halfway through and so far so good. So Dawn, how is yours related to mine? Well, mine is related because I'm reading the book that comes after Mischief Night. Well, I finished it. Um, it is called Hallowed Eve. It is also by Delaney Foster. It comes out March 24th. So I think this episode will show up a couple of days before it comes out, but it is up for pre-order. It is so good. And I can't really say anything because there's a huge spoiler for Mischief Night in it. I will say that it is Lincoln's story and a couple of the events overlap, but it continues Mischief Night. Now, it could be read as a standalone. It does sum things up enough that if you didn't read Mischief Night, you would understand what's going on. But I would suggest reading them one right after the other. Every trigger warning you could ever imagine you might need. It is a dark romance. It is super hot has some like rip your heart out moments, but it is definitely, definitely dark and definitely NC-17 rated there. So that's what I've been reading. (laughs) You have been warned. Yes. Um, And the cover of it is just amazing. And the other thing I've been reading is Before He Finds Her by Michael Cardos. I was really excited about this book when I first started it because it has this great setup of this girl who is 17 and her dad is accused of killing her mother and they publicized it as if he had killed her too but she and when she was a child she was like two or three but she lived and she's been in a witness protection program and she has decided she wants to find out what really happened and the before he finds her part is that there is always this fear her dad is her dad knows he didn't kill her and he's looking for her because they've never been able to catch her dad so it's got this great setup it's pretty fast-paced it is another one this has just been my world lately that is told multiple pov dual timeline you've got to figure out what's going on here and what's going on there and how these people connect to here i will say I I wrote in my reading journal that I would recommend this with some reservations because I like to have enough clues to solve the puzzle. And I will say by the, at the end, I didn't feel like I'd been given a fair chance at that. I felt like something kind of popped up out of nowhere that we didn't get informed about, but it is great writing. It is a fast paced, good, intriguing, twisty story. All right. And so that's all we've been reading at this point because it has been a little crazy. Um, but we have been watching a lot and I find that I've can more easily watch TV than read sometimes when things are busy. Cause I can be doing other things while the TV's on. And this weekend I rewatched one of my favorites, which is Julia and Julia. Um, it is a comfort watch. So it's one of those that I put on when I'm just kind of want something in the background and, you know, I know it's going to make me happy. Um, but this time I was kind of struck by Don, have you seen this one? Yes. Yes. I've seen it. So I was struck by how much Amy Adams reminded me of Meg Ryan. So like there are scenes in the movie that she like confronts the chicken or I think it was the chicken and not, or the duck. She confronts the duck with a knife and she makes this motion. And I'm like, that is like exactly a Meg Ryan move. So I don't know if Nora Ephron inspires certain actresses to act a certain way 
or if Amy Adams studied Nora Ephron Meg Ryan movies. Because <laughs> I was like, right. then I was completely <laughs> distracted that she reminded me too much of Meg Ryan. But anyway, so that was my comfort watch. It's still good on the rewatch and it makes you hungry. <laughs> so yes, I do I do remember really enjoying that movie. We finally are getting back to going to movies and and I love going to movies because I am highly distractible. And so I can watch a movie on TV, but I have to like make an effort of not having my phone near me, not having my computer near me, not, you know, randomly thinking about the 800 other things I need to do. So going to the movies is a stress reliever for me because for the next two and a half hours, I get to eat junk food and nobody should bother me. And I particularly love going to the movies when our whole family can go because then it's, I don't have to worry about my phone. I don't have to worry about anything because everybody I need to know about is right here. Everything else can wait till I get out. So we went to see Death on the Nile, which watched Murder on the Orient Express and loved it, knew I was going to love this. And I wanted to see it on the big screen because it's not a huge action movie. You're not going to miss a whole lot of special effects. It is absolutely beautiful. It is so well done. All of the, the cinematography. Cinematography. Yes, that is that word. I'm waving my hands at Ronnie like she can guess what We're that playing is. charades. We're playing charades on a podcast. Um, but all of the cinematography is amazing. All the gorgeous um, settings because they're on the Nile and there's shots of the pyramid and excellent cast. It was really, really, really good. And um, one of the things my son pointed out was that the way they use the score in this movie, it's, you know, beautiful music, but they use it very intentionally because there's super tense moments where it is dead silent. And the fun part of our movie going experience during this is it was, we went and saw it on a Saturday night. My husband and I were the youngest people in there by probably like 20 years. My, my poor son was like an infant in their eyes and he's 18. Um, so lots of more mature people in there. And a man who was sitting about three or four seats over from my husband was completely asleep, like immediately after the opening credits and snoring so loud, like it was like echoing throughout the theater. <laughs> And at one point, I guess somebody nudged him because he sounded like a chainsaw trying to breathe through a wet towel. Oh. I'm like, dude needs to get, y'all need to leave and take him directly to a sleep study clinic. I'm just saying. But at some point, somebody nudged him and in the middle of it being like completely silent. What? Huh? Huh? Oh, okay. And the snoring started again. <laughs> and then I don't want to spoil anything for the movie, massive huge plot point he woke up long enough to go oh did and then just blurt out what had just happened on the screen and then went back to sleep <laughs> so we, we still enjoyed the movie it was still a really good movie I highly recommend it but he was entertaining and somebody needed to take him it was past his bedtime yeah, I wonder what point or what age you get to where you're like, I don't care if we're disturbing the entire theater. I'm watching this movie and he can just snore next to me. <laughs> like, right. That's it. Well, and they were with other people. It wasn't like it was just the two of them. There were like other people there. So, and I should point out this movie started at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's not like we were at the midnight showing or anything. <laughs> Eating midnight chicken. 
Yes, eating midnight chicken. So, but yes, I would highly recommend Death on the Nile. It was just gorgeous. Yeah, I really want to see it. It was one of um, the book of the month pick books. They did like a special edition because the movie was coming out and I have not read that book. So I have this, you know, like plan to read the book before I see the movie, but you know how that usually goes. (laughs) We'll see. But another thing I've been watching that has cheered me up when I'm, you know, stressed out is stand-up comedy. So Stand-up comedy can be really hit or miss for me. I don't want it to, I I don't mind it being dirty, but I don't want it to be only dirty. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's a one trick pony kind of thing. So I want it to be more varied than that. Um, So I found two that I really liked. Um, The first is, it's brand new. It's Taylor Tomlinson, Look at You. And it's on Netflix. Trigger warnings for mental health issues because she does talk a lot about getting diagnosed with bipolar and, you know, she's making comedy of it. Um, but in a way that I think was really well done, but it was so funny. Um, I had watched her first one, which was quarter quarter life crisis um, a while back and I liked it, but this one, I think I liked even better. So don't watch with your kids, um, but really funny. And then another one that's kind of in a similar vein was Eliza elder millennial. So she's a little bit older than Taylor Tomlinson. So it's a little bit different, you know, comedy at 35 versus comedy in your twenties. And, um, she's very physical. Like she moves on the stage in a way that's really funny. She does lots of like voices, but there was a section towards, and this one I didn't love immediately. Like it took me a little while to get used to her style. Um, whereas Taylor Tomlinson, I immediately liked it, but I stuck with it. And then I'm really glad I did because she had a section about, um, she doesn't have kids yet and that her motherly instincts are kind of kicking in and you know, that a baby dared, like slip a baby leg out of a blanket at the airport. And she was like, must squeeze the baby leg, um, which was really funny. Cause we've, we've been there. We've all been there. Um, but she said that when you don't have the baby and you're having those feelings, your pet ends up being the baby. So she has a whole segment about who's the baby. And since I just got a puppy you know, recently, I was like seeing myself reflected maybe a little bit too much in the, who's the baby segment. So, um, so if you need a good laugh and you just want to, you know, kind of relax and have a good time, they're not that long. They're like a little bit over an hour each. Um, that was Taylor Tomlinson, look at you and Eliza elder millennial. And they are both on Netflix. Well, and I love Eliza. I think it's funny because you were talking about it took you a minute to slip into her style. I love her style. I've seen all of her specials and she really is a great stress reliever. And she did, I think it's in, um, she has a, a special called war paint. And I think it's in war paint that she does a whole set about girls in their twenties going out to bars. Mm-hmm. And if you ever participated in that in your twenties, it is absolutely like can't breathe funny because she nails it. There was some of that in this one too, like how the girls circle the bar and like spot the guy and stuff. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, really it's funny. good. It's very good. It made me feel really good that I'm not in the dating world. I'm like, I'm really glad I'm an old married person. That's just exhausting. And then my next comfort watch, I've mentioned before, horror is comforting to me. So, you know, if that's not your thing, you could move on by. But um, I subscribe to Shudder, which is a station that only shows horror movies. I know, Dawn, this is your top streaming that you are always watching. so much nope just in this whole conversation I actually had the thought because for the first time in forever I had my house all to myself last night for like three hours and um I had the thought of if Ronnie had this opportunity 
she would absolutely be sitting here watching a horror movie. Yeah. My mom was, um, my, my dad went out of town for a couple of days and every time I called my mom, she had a horror movie on. So I've been raised in this tradition (laughs) and my mom can watch hardcore kind of like scary serial killer horror when, you know, she's by herself. I don't do that. Like I watch stuff that couldn't necessarily happen to me. And this is one of those. Um, but what I like about shutter is when you put it on, it's a regular streaming service, but they also have something called the shutter channels where they're constantly just playing movies. Like it's a TV channel. And so one of theirs is called, it came from shutter and it's their movies that they've done. Um, and so it was just like 10 minutes into this movie. And I kind of like watched a few minutes of it. I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. And then I went and started it over to watch it. So that that's how I found it, but it's called Superhost. Um, and it's about a YouTube couple that stays at Airbnbs and then they vlog about their experience. But in, at the beginning of the movie, they're starting to lose followers. Um, they had a bad situation where they like gave a bad review to somebody and she kind of, you know, was really angry about it and all of that. So they're at this new place and the girl who is the host, um, is really intensely like happy and like over the top and like to that point where it's like you know she's crazy (laughs) you know like something bad's about to happen yeah so the one who played the villain did a really good job of playing the villain um it's campy it's horror and you kind of are pulling for the couple but you kind of don't like them either because they're like very youtubey you know like fake kind of stuff so i thought it was really well done and um a fun horror movie. So if you like horror for fun, um, that is super host on shutter. And then you've been watching stuff about the nineties. Okay. Yeah. See, we have a whole like outline thing that we're supposed to do. <laughs> and Dawn's prompting me like, you're still supposed to go. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I've been in a nineties phase and I will talk a little bit more about that later or something else that got me into that phase, but on Hulu, there's something called the dark side of the nineties. And it's a series of documentaries about different nineties type things. I've only watched two episodes. The first episode was on Jerry Springer and trash talk TV. And if you grew up in the nineties, you knew there was a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting, but the one I really liked was episode two, which was about the Viper room, um, which was a club on the sunset strip back in the nineties where it, most people know it, it's the club that river Phoenix died in front of. Um, but they kind of go into the history of the Viper room and who was hanging out in the nineties there. And it was, it was really well done. Um, so if you are a nerd about the nineties and you want to kind of hit a bunch of different topics that is on Hulu and it's called dark side in the nineties. Well, and I've been watching kind of the opposite side of that because my husband has gotten on this. He wants to watch dirty jobs kick. And so if you're not familiar with dirty jobs, it's micro and he goes to all of these different jobs that you never think about anybody having to do. And like one of them we watched recently, he went in, um, San Francisco and was cleaning out the storm drains. So like everything that gets thrown down into the storm drains, of course, you're not supposed to put anything into a storm drain. It's just supposed to be for water and interviewing the guys who work there all the time. And he actually like, he suits up and he gets down there and he tries to do the job with them. And he was talking to the guy who worked in the storm drains and the guy was talking about, yeah, I've found um, six guns down here and he said every time if anytime you find a a weapon or a firearm we turn it into the police station and they can run it and he said every gun that we found down here was used to commit a crime he said 
So I found six guns. I found a bag of $4 million in counterfeit cash. And I'm like, I so just want to talk to you. (laughs) Which he did say uh, that the reason he immediately knew that the money was counterfeit is that there had been water through the storm drain and that the ink had run off onto the, the bag that it was in. So that I, I find that fascinating from an author's standpoint, because if you're looking for something to have your hero or heroine do that's completely different than everybody else, you could just skim the titles of these and watch, oh, there's people who actually like, their job is to, you know, count up how many geese, wild geese are in this pond and they have to check them out and tag them and all that. So it's kind of interesting. And it's also one of those things you can have going in the background and it's low angst, no stress, just guy jokes. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause when you said about the authors, like that was my first thought was like, if you're writing a suspense novel, having somebody who cleans the storm drains and helps solve the crimes, you know, yeah, you can yeah exactly. <laughs> I've, I have put so many of these people into books in my mind while I'm watching this. So yeah, that's what we've been watching. That's been kind of interesting. Um, My other one that I I have only tried the first episode, so, you know, I can't recommend it wholeheartedly yet, but it's called um, Shining Veil on Amazon Prime. And the, why I started to watch it was the premise caught my eye. So Courtney Cox is in it. First of all, I like Courtney Cox, but she's an erotic romance writer with writer's block um, who moves into a creepy house with her family to try to kind of like get her mojo back. Um, And I, I think it's set up in the first one, but she's cheated on her husband. So you, you get the sense that they're kind of trying to repair their relationship and she's, you know, sort of not totally into that, but there's going to be scary things because it is a horror, you know, creepy house. Um, But the fact that she was a romance writer with writer's block and all that, I mean, I'm like, I'm obligated to watch it. Right. (laughs) Well, and I feel like I'm obligated as an editor and a story coach to say, if you are struggling with writer's block, (laughs) there are so many other ways we can help you with that. That do not involve moving into the creepy house. (laughs) That is like super low on the list of steps you should take to get through your writer's block. (laughs) Right. There was one point in the the first episode, I think that she, somebody asked her a question about writing romance and like, is it lady porn or something? And she has to answer that it's about female empowerment and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, somebody did some research because the amount of times we get asked that question and the amount of times we have to talk about how it's pro-feminist and all of this is exhausting. So yes, they talked to somebody about it. So I was appreciated that there was some, you know, realistic questions in there um, that authors do get asked, but. Well, and we covered some of that in our no shame episode too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's common, but I, you don't usually see it. I was like, they're going to have a romance author and they're going to make fun of the fact that she's a romance author and they may still do that. They may go there, but I felt like this was a little bit more realistic. Dawn, you had one more to share with us, right? Right. On watching on Amazon Prime, we binge watched Reacher in like two days. And first of all, I just need to take a minute and fan myself because he is so pretty. He is so, if you don't, you don't even have to have the sound on. Just watch like the first couple of episodes and admire the view. I'm just going to say that because when he first stepped on the scene, there's a, a scene where he takes his shirt off. And evidently I said out loud, oh, okay. And my husband was like, so you're going to, you're good with watching this now, are you? This is, this is all right. 
So um, Reacher is based on um, books by Lee Child, who makes a cameo in the series. And I thought that was super cool. It is a good, super intense watch. The, you have to pay attention to who's doing what. It's a nice twisty little mystery. I have been told by a friend of mine who has experience in the kind of law enforcement that it is completely inaccurate and unrealistic. <laughs> Just let that go. Right. Just pretend like in this universe, that's how things work and admire the view. Right. Just like in romance, when we say romance reasons, that happens because yes. romance reasons, that happens because of suspense reasons. But yes. yeah. My dad is watching that one. I doubt he's watching it for the hot guy, but he is enjoying it. And my last one is just a comfort watch for my whole family. American Idol is back. Um, I've watched every season of it. It's a family tradition at our house. So I'm so excited that it's back. And I just want to be Katy Perry's friend. So if somebody could set that up for me, that would be, I think (laughs) we really get along. Um, But what I love about American Idol is that I've watched it from the beginning, but I like that it's turned more positive. So it used to be kind of about like that reality show thing of like terrible singers would come up and Simon Cowell would tear them down. And like, that's not the part I liked. I like people who they've never sang in front of somebody and they live in, you know, small town Iowa and they come up and they were like amazing. Like, that's what I love about the show. And I feel like that's with the new host um, or they're new, not new anymore, but the host now um, have really brought a better tone to it. So like, we look forward to it every Sunday. So that is my family watch. Um, but as you can see, I've watched a lot of stuff lately, which is why I haven't been reading. <laughs> so. Well, and I'm going to throw in an honorable mention. I didn't actually get to see this, but um, my whole family last night went and saw the Batman and all three of them came home raving about it. And I was so proud of Ronnie y'all because she knew that Batman was DC. I don't think she knew that it was, he's not Marvel, but she no, knew I, that he I was- I did, I did. I knew he wasn't Marvel. <laughs> right, so she she knew that and I'm so proud of her. But they said it is amazing, it is dark, it is, what's, what's entertaining is my son was very much going, mom, this is so amazing. It's so like a horror movie and it's so intense. You totally have to go see it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, have you met me? And then he starts playing off. Well, it's not really like a horror movie. It's not really. So my husband did say that he wants me to go see it, that he would gladly go see it again if I wanted to come along. So I'm throwing that in as a, I've heard good things. I may or may not watch it because I'm a Marvel girl, but it's supposed to be good. I actually would see this because I used to like the old Batman movies. So, and I'm learning the DC Marvel thing. I don't know a lot about it, but I am learning some of it. And I apologize for the dog working. The bull penis has run out. <laughs> so we're going to do the best we can. There is a dirty jobs episode that we watched <laughs> recently about um, getting bull, bull sperm. <laughs> yes. It was all about, <laughs> yes. So we were going to talk about what we've been listening to. Let's, what have you been listening to Ronnie? Let's move past the bull penis and talk about what you've been listening to. I've been listening to dog bark a lot. <laughs> That's what I've been listening to. <laughs> Um, he's found his voice now. Okay. So one of the things, one of my listens was an audiobook That's going to be my rad room. So I'm going to save that one, but my, uh, listen is actually a playlist on Spotify. So it's 1001 songs. You must hear before you die. Um, which is a scary title. <laughs> it's actually based on a book. So there's a book called this that I own 
I looked it up just randomly to see if somebody had put together a playlist and somebody went through the trouble of going through this book and making an entire playlist of every song on that book. And so me and my son, um, who is very into music, he plays guitar and drums, um, have been listening to this when we do all of our commuting back and forth to his lessons in school and different things. Um, and it covers all through time. So there's some really old stuff and there's new stuff all the way up to, I think, 2017 or 2018. But it's really been fun. And there's some, you know, foreign music mixed in that we've never heard. So it's been a really fun experience of kind of putting it on shuffle and just seeing what comes up. And a lot of it's songs you're going to know, but a lot of it isn't. And you can discover new stuff. So that's 1001 songs you must hear before you die on Spotify. I'm going to add that to my playlist because I always listen to Spotify while I'm cooking. Mm -hmm. And so that'll be, that'll be something new for me. I actually picked up another audiobook. So this is like two wow. that I have listened to since we started this podcast. And it was called When She Returned. It's by Lucinda Berry. And it has a very interesting premise. And the premise is that this woman disappeared from a Target parking lot, which is like, like all of our fears, right? Because that's where we hang out. Uh, this woman disappeared from a Target parking lot I believe 11 years before and it kind of mirrored your Taylor Jenkins read one true loves because like they've had her declared dead at this point and her husband that they were childhood sweethearts her husband has finally moved on and he's finally remarried and then this woman shows back up at a gas station and has a seven-week-old baby and so there's the whole dynamic of she's back. What's happened to her? Where has she been? I'm married to this other person. So it's told through three different POVs. It's told through the woman who disappears POV in the past. So you get to see what led up to her disappearance. And then it is told through the new wife's POV of her coming back and then the third POV is this um, daughter that she left behind that is now 16. And so interesting to see everybody's different take on her returning and what ended up happening to her. And I really enjoyed the narrators because it was narrated by three different women and for one for each POV. And it was really I think they did a very authentic job capturing the characters. So I was listening to it, trying to make myself listen at like normal speed and slow down and pay attention. And you really do have to pay attention to things. And so it is a good book. I would recommend it again with reservations. And my reservation on that is that for me, it ended too abruptly. Everything gets wrapped up, but it ended too abruptly. So, and that was before, or I'm sorry, that was When She Returned by Lucinda Berry. All right. Well, I'm proud of you for listening to an audiobook because I know that it's out of your comfort zone. So good job. Um, my rad rec of the week, which is the point we're at in the podcast now, um, is actually an audiobook as well. And I highly recommend doing this on audio because I feel like the book I'm going to recommend is would probably be a lot drier to read um, and take a little bit more effort. So this is the nineties by Chuck Klosterman. Um, and it's basically a collection of essays about all kinds of different topics from the nineties. It is 
not breezy. So there are lots of big words and, you know, it's, you got to kind of listen, but his, his narration is so good that it's easy to follow. And I loved this so hard y'all. Like I was so sad when it was over. Um, and your mileage may vary if you're not a child of the nineties, this is when I grew up, like I was little kid in the eighties, but my teen years, my preteen years were all the nineties. Um, so, you know, there's chapters about music, there's chapters about politics, there's chapters about environmentalism, you know, like it all sounds like really nerdy and dry, but it was so fascinating. So, and it made me think about things that I hadn't thought about before. So he actually went into like the movie reality bites and why the hero of that movie was the hero of that movie. Like why she picks the, who she picks. And that essay actually inspired me to write a story, um, which is going to be coming out in a anthology um, that's going to support, it's going to be for a charity anthology for the Ukraine. So I'll give you more information when I have it. Um, But just listening to this book gave me a whole 10,000 word story. So if that's not worth it, you know, I don't know what is, but if you were born anytime that you were a kid or a teen in the nineties, put this on in your car, you know, put it on audio and just listen to an essay at a time. Um, You're going to learn things that you're going to recognize what he's talking about, but he's going to give you insight into it that you never thought about because you were 13 or whatever. So it was fascinating. So I, I'm making my husband listen to it and he is not a reader, but he knows if I hand him an audiobook and I'm like, you must listen to this, that I'm a good <laughs> recommender for that. So I don't do it very easily because I know I have limited attention with him. So I have to give him the really, really, really good stuff. Um, so I insisted that he listen to this one. Um, I had gotten it from the library, but I ended up buying an audio copy for us so that he can listen to it. So that's the nineties by Chuck Klosterman. And Don, what's your rad rec this week? Well, I was going to say that sounds really cool. And I just have to throw in there. I've read the story that it inspired and it's really good y'all. So when this, when this anthology comes out, you totally need that in your life. Thank you. My rad rec, I'm going, um, old school because I did enjoy death on the Nile so much. And so I'm recommending murder on the Orient express by Agatha Christie, because first of all, I mean, she's just the queen, right? She's just the queen. And she had a fascinating life. If you don't know a whole lot about her, she randomly disappeared for 11 days at one time. So, you know, there are two books about that, about her disappearing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cause I, I own one, at least one of them. I haven't read it yet. So there, there are books of like fiction books about it. Oh, no, I didn't know that. I know there's a few different theories on how and why she disappeared. Yeah, no, these are fiction. So it's people who wrote um, thoughts about what they think happened to her. So one is uh, I'm looking at my shelf. It's somewhere like the mystery of Mrs. Christie. And um, I forgot what the other one is. But yeah, there's a brand new one out, too. That's getting really good reviews. So it's they imagine what happened in those 11 days. Oh, now see, I've totally got to check that out. Mm-hmm. I've totally got to check that because I have a theory that I prefer to believe on that, but I don't know if you want me to spoil that for you or not. Uh, but w- one of the theories is that she was doing it, trying to frame her husband for murdering her. Mm-hmm. And I totally respect that. I think that is amazing <laughs> <laughs> because he was having an affair. So oh, well, there you I go. get yeah. that. <laughs> So, but yes, I'm going to recommend Murder on the Orient Express. If you are not familiar with the older style of mysteries, it can feel a little slow, but it picks up really fast. You've got to pay attention to all the descriptions. And she did not mince words with describing people. Like she 
flat out calls this one woman ugly. And so it's really entertaining seeing the difference between something that's written looking back at that time and something that was written by someone in that time and all of the words that they use in the descriptions. And it was a long time ago. So yes, there are some things that we would not see in fiction today, but it's still really good and still worth the read. It's kind of like reading Pride and Prejudice versus a modern historical romance. It just has a different feel because of the language and everything. Yeah. Awesome. I had to read that one in school. So we had to read, and then there were none in Murder on the Orient Express. Those were the two that were assigned. So I read it, but a long, long time ago. Um, All right, you guys, that is our episode. We hope that um, you found lots to watch and a little to read in this episode. We're not going to tell you what our topic is next week because we've learned that that life gets in the way. (laughs) Things are a little crazy right now. So we're going to give you the best topic that we have next time, whatever we're inspired by, um, whatever the books we're reading relate to. So it'll be a surprise. Um, But until next time, we hope that every book you pick up or everything you watch is rad reading or watching. Bye, you guys. Bye. And I really was excited about this book when I first read it, when I first read it. I work with words like all the time. Thank you, Bert. I done read it. I done read it. <laughs> now the bird's laughing at me. And 